Satsang Podcast with Sri. Your I is eternal and free. As a human being, you were born into this world. You took on a very small body that grew, and through its growth, you began to achieve so much education, reading skills, writing skills, higher order thinking skills. So the human being, you as a human being, you are the most precious species on the planet because you have the ability, we have the ability as human beings to think, to analyze, to evaluate, to understand. But also as a human being, one is very limited. You are limited to your thoughts, to your ideas, to your training, to your education, and then eventually to your profession, to your family situations, to your achievements, to your successes, to your failures, to your good relationships, to your bad relationships, to your ability to communicate or ability not to communicate very effectively. But as a human being, you have all the power that comes from your very source, from the very self. That we call the I. But for a human being, the I gets mixed or identified with the body. So as soon as you wake up in the morning, you say, I am awake, I am this body, I have these thoughts, I have these ideas, I have these qualifications, I have this to-do list of all the things that I need to accomplish today, tomorrow, and in the future. And I have all these family obligations, business obligations, friendship obligations that I must carry on so that I can feel good about myself, about my world, so that I can take care of my family. But why? So my family can be well, so I can feel good, that I've done a good job with my family. Someone else's family you might not be that concerned with, but your family becomes very, very important. So as this I identified as a human being, as a physical body, the life just goes on and the experience of life you've come to know by now is sometimes your goals are met and you feel good other times your goals aren't met and you feel bad and even those times when the goals are met and you feel good there still is a sense that this can be lost or there's a higher goal to achieve you have a BA you want an MA you have an MA you want a PhD you have a PhD you want to achieve the highest position. You want to be a CEO, you want to be principal, you want to be president. But if we look at these people that have become president of the United States or any country, that have become great professors, great doctors, surgeons, and so forth and so on, if we really analyze their lives, we see, are they really any happier than someone who grew up in a small village who had the company of family and friends, who just farmed the land and ate simply and lived simply. So where is happiness? Is it in the achievement of all those things, situations and so forth? Or is it in the non-achievement of those things? And we see in either category 
Happiness is transitory, is temporary. It's fleeting, it's coming, it's going. And even when it's there, there's a fear of losing it. There's a fear of not getting it more in the future and so forth and so on. So as soon as this I identifies itself as a physical form and says, I am this body, this human being, then that is the nature of life. It's wavering, sometimes good, sometimes bad, sometimes happy, sometimes unhappy. You're affected by all the elements. If the body's hot, you're hot. If the body's cold, you're hot, cold. If the body's sick, you're sick. If the body's healthy, you're healthy. If your family's good, you're good. If your family's not so good, you're not good. So this is how the human being functions. And as a meditator, we start to analyze this. We start to examine and to inquire into who you might be beyond just this physical manifestation of body and mind and senses. And the technique that's been given is to put the attention on the knower. When the attention's on the knower, you start to become aware of this I that is not limited and confined to just a physical existence, mental existence, and sensual existence. As that attention on the knower, as that attention on you, as that pure being develops, strengthens, as you become more established in that, then that bliss of your own true self, that bliss of who you truly are, starts to allow you to know that that peace, that joy, that happiness that you were so much looking for outside because that was the only place you knew how to find it really is with you always. So let's have a look at this for a moment. If your experience of life is one of fulfillment, joy, happiness, you wake up in the morning, there's no identity with I, there's just a full expression of the joy of the moment. You do all the things that you need to do in the morning, but there's no mental confusion, there's no mental pain, there's no worry, doubt, fear, or skepticism, because you know that even if those waves of perception occur on your mind, they're not you. Even if the body is unhealthy, it's not you. And this we experience every night in the deep sleep. Because every night when you're in deep sleep, no matter how much worry, concern, trouble, problems were occurring during the day, during the waking state, for that time it's gone. But the knower's still there. Someone walks in the room and calls your name, you'll wake up. The knower is present. So what's different about that dream state? If we analyze that and examine, we come to see that the difference is that the mind, the field of vrittis, the waves of the mind, have not been engaged. So then, in the waking state, the first wave that's engaged is the wave that says, I am. That I am is then placed on the body, placed on the physical form, mind, senses, emotions. And then you say, I am this person this is my name, these are my qualifications, this is what I can do, this is what I can't do, and you start to limit yourself. 
But the mind is so powerful because it actually gets that power from the self, from the source. So that same power of the source is now put into the mind and the vrittis, which are wavering. So a thought comes, it has a power. I need this, I must get that, I desire that. So that power of the self now goes into that thought and the mind totally is convinced that it has to have that and it cannot be happy, will not be happy, will not settle for anything less than that. And this is how the mind functions, which is fine. It's a human being's functioning of the mind. So your mind will function this way in the waking state. But for the yogi, we know of four states of consciousness. So if we were to divide consciousness, which really can't be divided because it's all one consciousness, but if we wanted to categorize it, we can say that when you get up in the morning, that's called the waking state. When you go to sleep at night, you have two states. You have the dream state and the deep sleep state. In the dream state, the mind starts to function with imaginary, illusory images, thoughts, ideas, pictures, situations, and you as the knower watch them. You as the dreamer watch them and think they're real while you're dreaming. But then when you awaken from the dream, you become aware that you were just dreaming. You might even say, oh, that was just a dream. So what does that mean? That means that those mental images, pictures, situations that you found yourself in during the night when you were dreaming were illusory. They weren't true. They weren't real. And now you woke up into the waking state and you realize that that was false. The only thing that remained constant was you, the very knower. That remained constant throughout the dream state. And then, while asleep, you move into another state. We call that deep sleep. And as I said before, in deep sleep, doesn't appear to be anything happening. There's a continual wave of nothingness, of freedom from any vritti, any waves of the mind. And you're free, you're blissful. You might even wake up and say, wow, that was a great sleep, I slept really well. What does that mean? You had a continuous time of vritti-free state. So that's possible. You can see every day. But then when you wake up, Again, because of the identity with the I, the tendency will be to take back on those vrittis, to take back on those thoughts, worries, concerns, desires, and there continues what you call your life. But as you saw in the dream state, when you woke up from the dream, you said it wasn't real. Now this is where for the yogi and this inquiry comes in to play, because now you can acquire into the fourth state of consciousness, that I that's eternal and free. Because in the fourth state of consciousness, you're still what you can call awake. You're not sleeping, you're not dreaming. The situations of your life go on as a human being continues in the best way possible. You function to achieve that which you want to achieve to get free of that which you want to get free of. But you know that the very life that you are is your source. So your I, now eternal and free, 
is identified as the sky, as the vastness of all that you are, the full power before any creation, before any manifestation. That's the greatness, that's how powerful you are. Because as I said before, all the power that you have to put into a thought, to put into a desire, that's all coming from that power of the self, from your own source, from your own store room, storehouse of energy, of dynamism, of freedom. So freedom is not just getting your preferences met. Freedom is not after you get your preferences met, you say, I'm, it's okay because even when my preferences aren't met, I'm okay. That's not true freedom. That's not true perfection. True freedom and perfection is the life. It's undying. It's unchanging. It's the life that you are before you took on the body, the life that you'll be after you take on the body. It's you. It's all. It's one being alone everywhere. This tool of the body and mind now is seen for what it is. The consciousness pure that you are seems to enter into a limited form. And then all the mental activity, sensual experiences, pain, suffering, joy, pleasure, all comes from that experience of who you now think you are. But you, at the source, have not changed. You, as the knower, is undying, unchanging, is amaram and madhuram. You are forever. You are eternal. You are pure. You are free. So when this fourth state of consciousness is now lived, which is always there throughout all the other states, so whether you're awake, whether you're dreaming, whether you're sleeping deeply, you are in the fourth state, it's permeating all the other states. But the training, the conditioning, the society has taught you to be a human being, to only function in three states of consciousness. Now meditation and the examination and the inquiry into the I allows you now to know that fourth state of consciousness, to know the freedom, the bliss, the joy that you already are. And as you're established in that, everything else becomes a joy, whether it goes your way or not, whether your preferences are not met or not. If you get stuck in a traffic jam, it's just time to have a nice conversation with whoever's in the car. If you're alone, it's a wonderful time to meditate. There's no sense that things have to go the way you think they should externally in order for you to remain happy and free, because happy and free, you already are. And as we know, this takes practice. This takes examining that I, that knower that you are as the sky, vaster than the whole sky, and putting your attention on that in meditation. One nice technique in order to put the attention on that knower, on that I eternally free, is the technique of pran chintan. Meditation on pran, awareness of your very pran, your very life. So as you're sitting now, you'll notice the breath goes in, the breath goes out. This happens without your effort, without your control. The human form naturally breathes. That power 
for you to breathe comes from your source, comes from the self. And with that breath is the prawn, is the consciousness. So we put the attention on the prawn, going in, going out. And when the prawn or when the breath starts to stop for a moment, again with awareness we watch that pause from where the breath has gone into. And when you breathe in, you watch where the breath goes to. It's all emanating from you, from that source, from the very life. So breathing with this awareness is called pran chintan, putting your attention on something very, very precious, which is your life, which is your very prawn. Everyone has the ability to put the attention on the prawn. So when you're teaching, this is a wonderful technique to start out with. Just let the students put their attention on their breath with awareness of who is breathing. So this is the examination as to who it is that's breathing, who it is that's watching. It's not that that question is going to be answered with a specific answer, but it's the awareness now that you become aware of. So the awareness is aware, is pure awareness, it's pure knowingness, it's pure consciousness, and that I is eternal and free, that I is you. So we can sit in meditation for a few more moments, placing the attention on I, eternal and free, I, Amaram, Maduram, Amaram, Ham, Maduram, Ham, Amaram, Ham, Maduram, Ham, with the awareness of I, eternal and free, I as the vastness of the sky, and slowly and slowly you'll start to become aware that that is you, and now your I that has been mistakenly identified limited, caught in a body and mind with all of its ideas and conditionings. Now, when the thoughts come up, you say, oh, that's an interesting thought, but it's not me. When the body's cold, you warm it up and you say, body's cold, but not me. When the body's hot, you cool it down, but say, body's hot, but not me. When the body is dirty, you take a bath and say the body is clean, but I have never changed. I am forever pure, forever free. Amaramham, immortal. Madhuramham, blissful. I am immortal. I am blissful. Amaramham, Madhuramham, Amaramham. Maduram hum, Amaram hum, Maduram hum, Amaram hum, Maduram hum, Amaram hum, Maduram hum, Amaram hum, Maduram hum, Amaram hum. Maduram hum, Amaram hum, Maduram hum.
Um, um.